0: Welcome to NEOD Rewind, a podcast on war and mass violence. This podcast is made by Thijs Bouwknecht and myself, Anna van Maurik. This time I talk with Farabi Faki about the Indonesian national identity during the revolutionary period in Indonesia. I meet him at the history department of the University in Yogyakarta, UGM. Farabi is researching the Indonesian Revolutionary Period between 1946 and 1948. The Indonesian War of Independence was an armed conflict and diplomatic struggle between the Republic of Indonesia and the Netherlands, and an internal social revolution during post-war and post-colonial Indonesia. It took place between Indonesia's Declaration of Independence in 1945 and the Netherlands' recognition of Indonesia's independence at the end of 1949.
1: My research is focused on um, uh, on what happened in the revolutionary capital, Yogyakarta, between 1946 until 1948, and uh, to see how Indonesians sort of took up independence and how they expressed it in ways that, you know, they're delineating their identity in the process itself. And it's a very um, top uh, bottom-up process because it isn't something that the, the government or the state is imposing with it. It's something that came out uh, in the context of a, of a chaotic revolutionary period.
0: Ah, okay, and can you tell me maybe more about why you chose studying Yogyakarta? Well, this is what's, what's
1: so interesting about Yogyakarta as the capital, is that uh, unlike other places in Indonesia which was engulfed in war and violence, Yogyakarta was relatively um, safe and it was relatively peaceful. Uh, and the state had uh, incentive to show the world that they are able to, um, they're able to govern. And so, Jogja was in a way a, a stage for the Indonesian state to show the world that you know this is this is what a free Republic of Indonesia would look like. But uh, at the same time, there was a lot of space for ordinary people to participate in that, in filling up the the. The imageries uh, of what an independent Indonesia was. So I look at for instance uh, magazines and um, uh, newspaper reports uh, on stuff such as uh, sports and cultural uh, events and um, um, visitations from foreign diplomats or foreign um, uh, journalists uh, and how they sort of see what Indonesia was in the context of the revolutionary capital. So it's a very positive uh, discussion on the revolution instead of the focus on, you know, a lot of the focus has been on on the destruction and and deaths and violence. Uh, I'm looking at, at, because the revolutionary period for Indonesia is a very transformative one, but also a very generative one. It's the root of our nation state and so it, it was, it cannot be defined purely in terms of destruction, it had to be, you know, defined also in terms of uh, creation. So in this manner, you know, um, spaces for creations were central, so, and that's where Indonesians can participate in. In um, It's a very tiny space, uh, in, in a way, and, um, but it is uh, uh, very important. Um, <clears throat> and you can see that um, in publications by uh, by government, like by the uh, Ministry of Information and propaganda, and but also by uh, accounts, you know, like more personal accounts or uh, travel accounts. So yeah. it isn't; um, uh, it's not as dominating. You know, the celebration isn't do- because it is a, a time of war. So there's a lot of um, limitations on resources and so forth. But uh, there is no doubt that throughout the period you know, despite the fact that it was under pressure like the, you know uh, the Republic was under pressure from uh, blockades from military aggression and so forth they were also very much um, uh, supporting this this uh, movement of of developing uh, identities uh, new positive identities yeah. for the nation
0: do you know if they had an example or so or are um, like- there are so many different identities of course in right. Indonesia, yeah. it's a really big country, yeah. so uh, how did they do that then? Yeah.
1: One major um, trope uh, of identity is based on the idea of of the youth, Pemuda, uh, which uh, if you look at it from the perspective of the Dutch, uh, it, uh, during that period it was these anarchist, uh, barbaric people who were killing uh, innocents, right? And and they were robbing people and so forth. But in Jogja, in, in uh, youth culture was exploding. It was like they had um, uh, arts uh, festivals in the streets. They had these parades and then they had sports uh, events. Uh, there were magazines uh, for youth. And so the youth w- w- uh, and people were Like in the street of Malioboro, the shopping street of Jogjakarta, people were walking around uh, dressing really uh, nice, uh, sort of revolutionary chic kind of uh, fashion.
0: How did that look? It looked,
1: uh, well, it looks like uh, it looked semi military. It had some military, uh, uh, but it was also youthful. uh, So ladies would wear, um, so maybe a bit similar to what happened uh, maybe in in, in Europe or in the US at the time, but this idea of military uniform. As this vigorous youth um, uh, expression, um, so and that in that context, you, you, uh, if, you, you, if you look at photos, you, you see people walking proudly in their uh, you know nice uh, military uniforms on the streets, and this is sort of a so in that sense, uh, the, the idea of the republic is uh, at the time uh, and the expression of this idea of youth was very uh, it's rejuvenative, right? It was it was really an expression of uh, um, of young people and so it's different from you know this old colonial colonialism of these old white dudes. This one is, is the, this one is an expression of, of youthful energy. And uh, it's it's amazing how significant that is, that trope is. It's reproduced all the time during the revolutionary period. Uh, The Komuda itself has has, has garnered a much more significant, more sinister uh, outlook, I guess, uh, as a result of of Dutch um, counter-propaganda, but uh, within, in the the context of indigenous society, that that youthful vigor of of, uh, of, um, revolutionary struggle as a and almost like a holy war is is central.
0: Do you see that in other countries as well? Do you know that? Like uh, other countries who were decolonizing or where was revolution?
1: Yeah, that's a very interesting uh, question. I'm not so sure how much, uh, like for instance, I'm not so sure how much uh, has uh, this kind of um, uh, youth expression existed, for instance, in Vietnam or uh, in places where they had to fight a revolutionary war. I, I think uh, th- in in some of the discussions on uh, South American nationalism, there's always there's there's some discussion in the context of sexuality, in the context of um, um, so a lot of the discussion uh, a lot of the the revolutionaries, their tales have a have a sexual feature to them, uh, but this doesn't seem to be the case in Indonesia. So I guess maybe each country have a specific. Um, uh, approach to to sort of um, uh, 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 define their sort of national uh, virility. Yeah.
0: How did Indonesian politicians like Sukarno and Hatta react uh, to this youthful search for national identity? I mean, this issue must have kept them busy yeah. as well.
1: Um, I think for someone like Sukarno, he he's always uh, seen himself as as some as a as someone youthful so he is part of that young um, generation and he wasn't very really old when he took over uh, how no, old was um, he so he was I think around 30 ish oh, yeah. yeah so, so and the, f- yeah so a lot of the people um, uh, oh wait no 40 so actually so it's quite will be around 40 ish but a lot but a lot of the people in the government for instance were quite young uh, so um, But, you know, he was part of the nationalist uh, struggle. Um, uh, He started, like, being active in the national struggles since the late 20s, and especially during uh, the 30s. Um, And so he probably had that that connection between youth and and national um, struggle. And you could see that later on in the uh, post-independence period when... Um, uh, for instance, if you look at Sukarno's statues in Jakarta, it's all sort of celebration of youthful prowess. Um, uh, you know, the celebration of the Pamuda is, is central. Uh, one of the, his cornerstone of national monument was the, uh, was the uh, sports complex, the Jakarta sport, sports complex, Sanayan uh, in, in Jakarta. And so, again, that sort of continues on that, that theme of youthful uh, nation, uh, and so Sukarno definitely had that. Uh, he, you know, he was part of the revolutionary struggle, and you know, revolution was, his, was central to his ideology. And in that context, revolution embodied that youthful, youthful spirit, yeah. that Pamuda spirit. Um, I'm not sure if someone like Hata would be in the same uh, realm as Sukarno, because mm-hmm. he was more in in line with what would then be called the uh, you know the technocratic leadership, which probably had less, um, <clears throat> uh, less, uh, interest in, in this I- image of, of virility and, and youthfulness. I think w- w- what's really interesting to me is that, <clears throat> you know, I, we are currently in this condition in which uh, revolution has become such a, uh, Indonesian revolution has become such a controversial topic, right? And there is a, uh, th- the focus uh, in the Netherlands has been to count how many people died, um, which is, which, which is very admirable and interesting, but also, you know, weird in a way because it's it's sort of trying to sort of um, uh, measure guilt, you know, measure how much you're uh, at wrong, and then um, um, as if that's something you can measure. Um, and so that's that's that is an important thing, but uh, to do. But uh, because of so much discussion has been focused on on guilt and on. On trying to uh, understand how much, who's wrong and who's not wrong uh, in the context of revolution, we will forget about this idea that revolution is also something very generative, and that uh, there's a whole other side of it that is very really important for Indonesian, which is to celebrate the root of, of our nation-state. So in that context, I um, my focus onto this is to look at those other sides, and I think. Um, to sort of uh, generate other idea, other images of revolution, because if it focuses too much on this context of violence and of you know this really depressing topic, it uh, it diminishes um, uh, what the revolution has accomplished. Uh, yeah. In which you know, I mean, um, <clears throat> Indonesia is certainly not a perfect country, but you know, I think it was important for that to happen. Uh, it was important for uh, independence to happen. Uh, at another uh, level, I think. I'm very interested in entering into this topic because the Netherlands is open for discussion and uh, on the Indonesian side there's been so much um, negativity that I think it's, uh, from the wider public, I think there's a chance for that discussion to not occur. And I think Indonesian presence in the discussion is central because I think... uh, a discussion on the revolution. There has to be a strong Indonesian voice to the, to sort of determine um, that it won't be dominated by the Dutch side. Uh, also, that, to understand what Indonesians think are important in the in in such a discussion uh, would be about. Um, I think, in a way, Indonesia and the Netherlands never had a discussion after the war, so we've never never fully sort of. In, after, are, the after
0: the revolution war. Yes, so yeah.
1: all the decolonizations of, of 70 years of after independence there have never been like a true discussion amongst the you know former colonizer and former colonized it's um, there's always been framed within the context of each nation's uh, national historiography and their their local or their national audience but not something that transcends together and so this is an opportunity in which a true discussion amongst you know the former um, uh, colonial and colonized uh, relationship could truly happen, and uh, for that to happen, there has to be a willingness on both sides to engage. Um, and so, this is important for, uh, in the in the context of of like UGM's case that we want to engage in the, in that discussion because it would be fruitful in any case. Um, it will also be fruitful for the Dutch people to then uh, hear our case uh, in the and our voice in the discussion because oftentimes um, <clears throat> nationalists when they do talk about the revolution, it, it, it's the Dutch people can then sanitize it in a way that says, "Oh, these are these people are just uh, you know they're not part of the discussion. They're just crazy nationalists uh, uh, from Indonesia, for instance." really, I mean, I think this this is a great opportunity to open up the space for this kind of discussion, for mutual uh, engagement, which uh, uh, hasn't really happened yet.
0: So. How do you do research about this topic?
1: Since my focus is on discourse, on mm-hmm. the primary material are published sources. Yes. Um, because what I want to look at uh, is on that level of uh, sort of national or, or just, you know, discussion uh, of what it means to be uh, an Indonesian youth or an Indonesian whip lady or an Indonesian... Uh, so uh, this this kind of thing, it has to be published sources because this is where um, the discussion happens. This is where the, the history happens. Yeah. So I do focus more on looking at stuff like uh, arts, what, what Indonesian artists produced during the revolution. Um, on what the what the, the indigenous state uh, pushed out, the kind of propagandas that that were uh, published, mm-hmm. but also on uh, indigenous youth, how did they understand it, and what kinds of so magazines, uh, you know, uh, uh, on 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 youth or on women and, and on these kind of stuff, and how they saw, how they imagined, you know, indigenous youth or indigenous lady or indigenous at yeah. that time. Yeah. So because the. The revolution has this quality of, you know, creating a new man, which is, uh, which is something that is really global at the time. It's, it, it's rooted in, a lot of it is on communist sort of idea of creating a new man, but uh, it's been appropriated by a lot of nation states and in an Indonesian context, you know, creating a new youth, a new lady, a new, and all of these, it will be much more fleshed out in the 50s. But this was a period in which you can see that bubbling up uh, yeah. from, from below.
0: And, for example, to make it more colorful Indonesian lady, what was her identity image? Um, was it also military, like you just described with the Pamudas?
1: Yeah, it was military or sometimes it would be, uh, what do you call that, <clears throat> um, uh, uh, medical... Kind of, you know, helping the revolution through, yeah. uh, um, like Red Cross, Red Cross uh, kind and, of, yeah, and, or it would be helping by uh, the the kitchens, you know, the sort of the uh, field kitchens. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yes, there is uh, to um, to an extent there is still some uh, gendered uh, roles, um, but it was a, a new form of gendered roles. So it it, it because sort of the old one, the what old would? one would be the the sort of the feudal image of the now <clears throat> that's not fully true in the, in the in the 20s and 30s there was this image of the middle class indonesian uh, that appeared um um which was which was aspirational you know so it was and it, it incorporated a lot of the images of middle class european ideas um so there was some uh, continuity in that context of, of aspirations of becoming a new class but what's different in this is 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 that um, there's more of an active role so that the women plays an active role and women do sports also so sports also becoming yeah. a another area in which women are participating uh, and so one of the major difference would be actually I think uh, physical the physicality of women has transformed so yeah. people are doing things yeah. instead of are being uh, yeah. a certain form of a feudal or middle-class role they doing uh, something
0: yeah.
1: they're cooking or they're
0: uh, yeah they're no longer on the side but they, now yeah, they're yeah. in the middle of their own
1: story yeah, exactly I mean in the sense you know they're the middle of the story might always might still be within the 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 virile male male right the one who's going to the to the forest to kill people to do the fighting but uh, I think um, that <clears throat> that context they are um, uh, not maybe in, in the center, but they're in the uh, next to the male, so as a as a as a help. Mm-hmm. But what's what's important is this 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 uh, physical. So there's there's some perform activity that is different from during the from the colonial period. So in the colonial period, the, the uh, women do only these stuff, and these are uh, very um, uh, for for a lot of this stuff. It's very domestic. It's within the household. Uh, but in the in the revolutionary period, women aren't in the household anymore. they're doing stuff uh, and so they're di- doing different forms of physical work uh, for the nation or yeah. for, you know, in the context is, is, is different. Yeah.
0: So everything for the purpose of uh, an own Indonesian state uh, yeah. and their identity has to be in line with that goal. I mean,
1: that's very true. But on the other hand, this is what's what's so important is that, it's not a state-driven process. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this the rise of a a new sort of cool coolness, right? You want to be cool, so these kinds of roles are now cool. So the the, the way a lot of these women and men, they, you know, they, they took up these roles. Half of it is for national season, but they were young teenagers yeah. or in their early twenties. They don't i would imagine even today they, they don't politics is only half of their attention span, yeah. or even less than that but you know uh, these kinds of um, uh, roles provided new avenues of uh, social relations of maybe even sexual relations and so forth that didn't exist before so you were free of your maybe, um, class status so, You have to remember also during this time, lots of people were migrating. So it was, um, the, the city of Georgia swelled up to a million people at one time because so many people were um, moving to safer places because they were there war. So there were people were literally being torn out of their their social uh, relations, right? But it, it opened up uh, uh, new avenues for new forms of relations. Mm-hmm. And so in the, you see in these photos people like ladies from Makassar or from, you know, they've, they've flown from other places and now they're in this new city, this new revolutionary capital. They're wearing their chic uh, clothes. And yes, they're nationalists, but they're also ladies or men. Or, you know, they, they also wanted uh, other stuff in life. And this context of, so there is a, at, at that level, there's the, the rise of these, these cultures, uh, these are very much entwined with, with uh, youth culture. So it is pop culture in a way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know, because we, so revolution, revolution has it has its pop element, has its cool element, and that's why people join into them. And um, so those aspects also are very important because uh, again, when we talk about the revolutionary period, people forget about these kinds of aspects, and it's actually central to it, central to how we understand uh, how how we should understand how it sort of evolved, because the focus has always been on the. On, on which is uh, important, but you know, on, on the, on the diplomatic or on the, on the war side, the fact that it is a revolution, it actually allows for people to redefine their, who they are, what their uh, roles are, um, uh, the, the, the boundaries of, of, their ethnicity, of their race, and so forth. Mm-hmm. This was happening, um, uh, at the time, very in a very fast manner. So that's also an, another important component in understanding the, the revolution. That it was it was a, a period in which people were were negotiating their identities. Looking at the revolution not merely as just a a constitutional transition for the creation of a nation state, but you know much more transformative in 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 in, in uh, other forms as well in in the context of. Defining identity, ethnicity, defining youth, defining um, and so in that in that level, that whole story there has is has been neglected, and um, and I think um, these kinds of um, realm is the one that we are we are trying to focus on.
0: Last question: yeah. How does society react on this?
1: We haven't uh, finished it yet, so okay. yeah, yeah, so you can't tell yet. I yes. cannot tell yet, no, okay. but I think it should be uh, positive. I think, um, un- I mean, this is a you know, differing from the kind of um, you know, a lot of the negativity that has occurred uh, against the the research on the revolution has been based on the idea that by re- researching the, the amount of violence that has happened, it's to legitimate Dutch. Um, or sort of to whitewash Dutch crimes of the revolution by saying, oh, but the Indonesians also committed uh, violence, right? I think the, the thing is uh, we're not um, denying that fact that violence occurred on both sides, but I think what's more important is to uh, sort of, uh, uh, for our side and the Indonesian side, is to shift the, our discussion of the revolution in the context that it's much more, more positive. Yeah. Because that's an important component uh, for our na- national identity. Yeah. Um, in that sense, I would imagine that most Indonesians would see would would see the research in a much more positive light th- than if it were just constricted within that corridor of uh, discussion of who's to blame and who's you know who's killing more people and so forth. Yeah.
0: Thijs Bauknecht and I asked our guest to share some advice for a literature of films. However, since this was actually the first interview I did for New Rewind, hence the spotty audio quality, sorry for that, uh, this question wasn't in our format yet. That's why I texted Farabi afterwards and he texted me back, quote, Hi Anna, I want to suggest the memoir written by Katut Tantri titled Revolt in Paradise. It's a romantic memoir full of romance, adventures and fantasies. While it lacks historical integrity, it gives a glimpse of how people, in this case an American romantic, engaged with the Indonesian revolutionary period and how it is shaped by personal longing, values and assertions. The Indonesian revolution was as many as the amount of people involved. Now, if you find that you enjoy this show, Please do Thijs and me the massive favor of spreading the word. Tell a friend about it, post it on social media and review us on iTunes. Anyway, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the podcast.